We've got NHL playoff hockey coming at you, and some teams are already hanging up their skates for the season. Phil Mickelson does something that hasn't been done in the history of PGA golf. And the opposite of PGA is MGA, the Mediocre Golf Association. Did T-Dog really five-putt today? This guy sucks. Grab a beer and hit the couch, sports fans. Sports, 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 sports. It's time for another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bring an in your face sports talk from Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, and beyond. And go Bears! And listen in to find out who'll get run over by this week's Smack Wagon. All that and more coming at you on this week's episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Here are your hosts, Ron L.V. Wrights and Timothy T-Dog Wiltberger. What do you say? What do you know? We are back for another week of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. I'm back. I've been gone. Oh. I've, been, I've been out of commission. That is very sad. It's good to be back in the chair, LV. Good to be back sitting in front of your your fat face. Thank you. And, by the way, uh, T-Dog is in the studio. Live in Las Vegas. I love it. Live Loves, right now. Love Sin City. Whatever. It's live. These these knuckleheads on the uh, other end, they don't know the difference. They know, they know no, no difference. No. <laughs> It's a good time to crack an ice cold beer. I'll tell you that. Yeah, right now. please go right ahead. After a, a long day of, uh, there we oh, go. Okay. Ooh. What we got here? The Alaskan Amber. Well, we're doing. I don't need to. Cra- I don't need to keep things. Oh, but- this is a, this is a great beer. I appreciate it, dude. Best if by November of 2019. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? You gave me a beer. That's almost two years old. What the hell is the matter with you? But what the hell? I'm going to give it the old cut. We're going to give it a pull and see what we got here. Okay. I'm going to dial, that bad. I'm gonna dial 9-1. When I give you the signal, you hit one again. Here we go. Dude. <laughs> what, the, what the hell is the matter with you? This is Where's oh my, my best buy? Yeah. Seriously? Who the... Who the hell has a beer in their fridge for that long? Obviously me. I I don't have you out. You know, this is the first and second time you've been out in like 10 years. Give me a break. What do you want from me? Yeah, really? (laughs) So (laughs) we've got a lot to talk about today. We've got NHL hockey. Obviously, some things have changed over the last 24 hours. With NHL hockey, there's some but there's some teams that go bye bye. He gone, he gone. See you later. And then there's some teams that are still in it, still fighting for their chance to possibly play another game. So today was a really interesting one. We had Carolina at Nashville today, and it went into two overtimes. T dog. Well, you got to keep playing if you're tied. That's the way it goes, Ron. Yes, and what's really nice about the NHL versus the MLB in overtime? What's really nice about it? They don't put like a sixth or seventh player out on the ice. No. They don't throw them on second base. They don't play with two pucks. Two okay. pucks. That yeah, would be... Puck, that two would, pucks for sure. They don't do that. Two pucks would be a great option just to speed the game up. Yeah. 
Oh, so let me see. So uh, it sounds to me like you got a little heartburn with the uh, MLB's uh, extra inning rule. Is that what I'm hearing? I'm not a huge fan. Not a huge fan of them placing a runner at second base. What's the difference? Um, well, he's in scoring position. Yeah. Well, we're trying to speed up the game. Oh, of course. What do you want from me? And we'll talk more about that when we get to the Major League Baseball. But right now, we're talking NHL, baby. Hey, you're the one who brought it up. I'm just trying Carolina, to. Carolina, like I said, came back and went in overtime with Nashville, ended up losing 4-3. to three. Nashville won 4-3. to three. Colorado, so the series is tied. That's actually surprising because I did not think Nashville would get two wins in at all. I thought I thought it would be a clean sweep for Carolina. But speaking of clean sweeps, Colorado came back 5-2 to two win, sweeping up old St. Louis. The old St. Louis Blues. Yeah, and a shout-out there to one of our larger potato heads, Matt LaRose. He's, he's crying a little bit tonight. Oh. Big, big Blues fan. Actually, he's glad. he told me he's glad the season's over. It's been such a terrible season. So. Oh, no, because he wanted to watch the extra inning game with the Cubs today, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, he didn't like that one either. It's been a rough day for him. It's been a rough Blues day. Blues get knocked out. Cubs take two out of three from the cards. Nice. And then Boston comes in and actually wins on the road. Three to one against Washington. That's pretty impressive. And then, you know, who cares about the the North teams, right? Once again, Edmonton is losing three to nothing to Winnipeg. So they lost today. They played in obviously in Winnipeg and they Winnipeg won in overtime five four. Edmonton just you know, they have the firepower on paper. They had the best offensive player in the National Hockey League. And they're scoring goals. They're just giving up so many. It's pretty sad. And if you give up more goals than you score, that means you lose, right? Pretty much. That's how that goes. That's how that goes. Making sure I got that figured out here. Unless they were unless they were putting, you know, extra goals on. I would have thought that Boston Washington series would have went further. I, I, I'm surprised Boston was able to do, dominate Washington yeah. four games to one. That that That's a bit of a shocker. Not surprised by the Blues avalanche. What about Edmonton and Winnipeg? Ah, nobody cares about those teams up north. Well, at least I don't. Well, the, the funny thing is Edmonton was up two to nothing after the first period. And then they were up three to one after the second. And then here comes Winnipeg. They're up four to one. They're four to one. They were up four to one. Well, I think they were up four to one. Yeah, four to one against Winnipeg with about 16 minutes left in the game. And then here comes Winnipeg. Four to two. Power play goal. Four to three with about, uh, I don't know, five and a half minutes left. Four to four with five, a little within like 20 seconds, four to four. And then, wow, Ehlers from Stasny in overtime at the nine-minute mark. So Oilers had the opportunity to, to get one on the board, and they needed to. Just like any of these playoffs and this series, you, you know, you have to score and you have to score in bunches. But if you're going to be going down 0-3, 
the likelihood of you coming back, I think there's only been like one team. Who is that? Probably the Islanders. There's only one team, but you don't remember who it was? The Islanders. I thought you were a hockey guy. Islanders. The Islanders. You going to put your money on that? Sure. Nice. Well, it looks like it was a big uh, big day for some of the... Uh, Patrice Bergeron, isn't he like 50? Nah, he's like 49. Jesus. He's been he, had, he had a couple goals today yeah. in that Boston win. Then he had a couple of the young kids, uh, Coonan and Nashville and McGinn. Carolina's McGinn had a couple of goals. That's a good series, dude, and it's tied. that's tied up. I'm, like I said, Carolina and Nashville, good series. T- I would keep watching that. You got some games that are going to be playing tomorrow. New York Islanders against Pittsburgh. That series is tied up. You got Toronto at Mon- Montreal. That series is tied up 1-1. They started late because they still had uh, northern games, games to, to play. be played. Yeah. Tampa Bay lost to the Panthers yesterday. So they are up 3-1. to one. Is Winnipeg going to close out May 24th? They're going to close out the series? Maybe. And then Minnesota at Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas Golden Knights up three to one, baby. What a game on Saturday, huh? Flurry. Jeez. What do you have? Thirty six saves, something like that. That was that was a fun game to watch. That was a yeah, thirty six game shutout. Vegas comes back and scores three throughout the game. Oh, good call. Vegas scores three throughout the game and. Didn't Nicholas, one more, one more a couple goals. I think. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, suck down some more of this two-year-old Bruski. <clears throat> thought it, I thought it tasted bad. You know. Yeah, but I'm an alcoholic, so oh, okay. <laughs> just keep drinking. I don't know what my born-on date for this thing is. I, yeah, I don't think they make that kind of beer anymore. Actually, that might have been something your dad gave you as like a memento. A harvest patch shandy. Harvest patch. That's probably from October of last year. Yeah, well, mm. now you're going to grow like a third leg or something. It's pretty good, though. Take your word on that. And then Vegas ends up scoring a fourth goal uh, with the um, empty netter. But that's pretty typical of Vegas. Vegas can score five goals. Actually, they led in the, the league with five goals or more yeah. of 20. Out of the 56 games they played, 20 of them they scored five goals. I am shocked and appalled that I didn't know that. I, I didn't think you would. Yeah. But Colorado is waiting because they did sweep St. Uh, Louis right now, so they are waiting for the winner of Vegas, Minnesota. So that should be. A, did you say Minnesota? Minnesota, Minnesota. So that should be a really, really good game. But you know, I the unsung hero I think so far in the Vegas game is Martinez defense. I don't see we're seeing. I don't feel we are seeing a lot out of uh, number seven. Patangelo, not seeing it. I yeah. mean, if he starts, if he starts, you know, putting some, putting some uh, goals in. I mean, shoot, sky's the limit. I think Theodore played pretty well too, didn't he? Yeah, Chafe played amazingly, beautifully. But uh, the one thing that we do want to make uh, note of is that uh, Tavares is out at least two weeks after injuring his knee in Game One. So when Major, um, Maple Leaves played the Canadians, it's a big loss by Jonathan Tavares. 
just to recover from his knee injury. I guess there was a uh, collision. So he's also he's recovering from a knee injury in addition to the concussion that forward sustained, the forward sustained in the first period of the game one of the Stanley Cup first round. Um, the knee injury is similar to the sprained MCL sustained by Toronto's uh, Zach Hyman on April 18th. Maple Leafs general manager. Yeah, Hyman. Oh. Yeah. Okay, just checking. Just want to make sure this thing's on. Oh, yeah, it's on. Okay. So that, to me, for Toronto, I mean, you still have um, Austin Matthews, who's obviously a perennial scorer. Oh, obviously. But Tavares being out, I mean, that's... That's kind of a that's a big deal. So him being out two weeks, I mean, th- that might throw Canadians might have a chance now, maybe slim, but they might. But yeah, there's uh, there's some there's some good good games going on also with Colorado, and I don't know if I can find this here or not, but I can tell you this that there was a head. Uh, shoulder-to-head collision. Oh, man, what's his name? Let me see if I can find him. Um, it was against... I don't know if I'll be able to find it in time, but whatever. Whatever his name is. Oh, the eight-game uh, suspension. Eight game suspension. Yeah, is it Kadri or something? Something like that, yeah. So he's protesting... Not protesting. He is... Um, What's the word I'm trying to say when you're appealing? He's appealing the eight-game suspension. But theoretically, though, if his appeal fails, he's going to serve eight games out of the playoffs. Well, maybe not. I don't know if it's eight games out of the playoffs or eight games that he'll get suspended for the next season. That's been that's been done before. Oh, come on. Yeah. Well, that's stupid. I agree. But that has been done before. Don't ask me where. Yeah, yeah, what the hell? I'll risk a start of next season to you know take out a team's best player. That's that's at least that's what he's thinking. But if it's a he- you know this is being a head injury, maybe you know maybe not. You never know. Head injuries are very tough to fight. I mean, th- you know, to appeal. But yeah, it's uh, looking really really good as far as. The NHL goes and the way the plays are happening. And uh, obviously, you know, we want to say goodbye to St. Louis. <laughs> goodbye, St. Louis. We also want to say goodbye. Who else lost? Um, We just talked about it. Washington, Boston. Oh, that's right. We want to say, say goodbye to Washington. Our condolences. Not really. Yeah, we do. I, I'm certainly not offering my condolences to the Blues. What? No. You're not? Well, guys, just listen up, man. There is going to be some really good games coming on in the NHL. Uh, Please keep a watch out. If you have any questions or concerns or thoughts about the games or issues, hit us up at info at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com or hit us up on Twitter at mmcouchpotatoes. Nobody ever does. Why do you say it like that? When you say it like that, it sounds like you're not allowed like within 500 yards of a school or a church. But I am. You you know, you're making making people nervous when you talk like that. 
Well, at the end Just of the saying. at the end of the day, T Dog. Yeah. It's got to be done. <laughs> well, I think you know what? You're right. There are some good series. Yeah, the I think this Colorado Vegas series should Vegas finish off Minnesota, which they should. Yeah. You're going to see, okay, Flurry, he's shutting down Minnesota. He's given up, what, three goals in, in the four games they've played so far, I think. He had a shutout, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I think he only gave up one goal. They lost in overtime in the first game, right? one nothing or something like that? Yeah. I think it was extra. extra yep. yep. Yep, one nothing. But Colorado can score, obviously, right? I mean, they got a good offense, so he's going to have his work cut out for him. That's going to be a fun series to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Minnesota, yes, they can score too, but. They really have one line. Yeah, I mean the Hartman, the what we like the Capri Sun kid, mm-hmm. or Cap- Capri Soft, I guess his name, but they like calling him Capri Sun. Yeah, that line, that Minnesota line, that's the only line that they have in Dumba when he's out there. That's really the only line that can cause any trouble to the Doomba? gold lines. Yeah, Dumba. Yeah, I think I want to take a Dumba. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit of. MLB. What a series. Cubs, Cardinals. That was a fun game to watch. Oh, yeah. What a series. Cubs take two out of three from the cards. Uh, big series because the Cubs are now in, uh, well, they're in second place, just a couple of games back from the Cardinals. Uh, but what a game, the game today. I know you didn't get a chance to watch all of it, but you caught the tail end of it there. And, yeah. Um, you know, the Cardinals put some guys on base, but they could not score. They couldn't make it happen. Zach Davies, you know, pitched himself out of some jams. Um, you know, overall, just a really exciting game to watch, and they're really these guys really get into it. So it's a rivalry, right? No question about it. And um, you know, took it to extra frames. Yeah, and of course, you get that runner on second base that allows you to you know put your runner in scoring position because uh, yeah. Major League Baseball wants to shrink the games. Whatever the case may be. How do you feel about that? I I think it's dumb. I really it's it's I don't get this whole I mean I think a lot of times Major League Baseball is really guilty of overthinking shit. They just really are. Yeah. And you know, trying to speed up the game, trying to do this, that, and the other thing. They're the you know, when it comes to baseball, yeah, a game could put it's not it's not like your instant gratification you get in a basketball game or a hockey game where there's nonstop action. That's just not the way it's designed. So it's going to there's going to be some downtime. It's going to take some time. And I know they've instituted some stupid shit like the clock. You know, when a batter steps in, he's got whatever twelve seconds or whatever it is to get back in the box. It's just dumb shit. Okay, I, I like the pitcher though. The time, the clock for the pitcher. Why? Why? What's what? What? What do you? Okay, so instead of me sitting at the game for three hours and thirteen minutes. You're going to show me data that shows I only had to watch a game for three hours and nine minutes. Hey, well, thanks for. Saving I mean, there me are pitchers. Four, four minutes. There are pitchers that can pitch fast too. We know the game can be played faster depending on how quick the pitch, the pitcher's pitching. Well, yeah. If everybody was like Steve Traxel or you know, who, Mark Burley, yeah, who was just stupidly deliberate to the plate and just took forever to pitch, then yeah. But no, I mean, guys are, you know, they're changing the way the game, you know, the game right now, I mean, they're on a pace, for, the, the league is on the pace for the most strikeouts mm-hmm. and I believe the fewest hits in history, like a record pace. We've already had six no hitters Yeah, before June. That's never happened. 
And that's not including the seventh inning no-hitter, right? Or are they counting that in there? They are not counting that in there. That does not include that one. Yeah. Because that one technically does not count. So there's been six legitimate no-hitters before June. It's never happened before. And, you know, they changed the baseball before the season. Guys are striking out at unbelievable numbers, right? Um, Pitchers are already getting better. They're faster. They're stronger. I, I just don't. I don't get with all the tinkering, you know, and things like that. Now, granted, you know, fans, people say, well, you know, fans don't want to go there and watch a team win one nothing. I wouldn't mind that. See some good defense out there. Yeah. See some good pitching. Whatever. That's baseball. That is baseball. So, I don't know. But as far as the... Ex- so, you're, so you're not a big fan, obviously. I'm not a big fan of the extra anything, you know. And it's, I mean, it does add an interesting um, dynamic and a little bit more excitement. So... But you go through, like, what happened to the Cardinals today? Yeah. They really dominated the Chicago Cubs. They had Chris Bryant hit a base hit in the in the first inning. And I don't think he hit a, had another one until the ninth. Or there wasn't another hit until the ninth inning, right? Yeah. Uh, Wainwright was just, just on fire. Now, granted, uh, there's a new, there was a new uh, umpire behind the plate, rookie umpire. I think he's only 30 years old, which, you know, that's really young in umpire years. Yeah. Um. Barely old enough to have pubes in umpire years. That's how yeah, young he is. Yeah, yeah. And he was terrible. Right? Yeah. Just, but you know what? He was consistently terrible. So I got to give him that. Um, he was given that outside outside pitch. Um, but, by, by inches more than... Yeah, yeah. It was, but there was a couple that were, you know, two full balls outside. Right? And I'm talking, you know... But he gave it both sides, though. Yeah, pretty much. But it seemed that most of it was Cubs way. But anyway... So Wainwright <laughs> pitched really well. Um, and then you go right in, you know, you take that momentum into the 10th inning, and you already got a guy in second base right off the bat. Well, it was interesting, though, um, listening to the bottom of the ninth when they were talking about that um, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland, the um, Cardinals player on first, mm-hmm. that they should just run him. Right, right, and that's because you're right. That Edmund was on first, who's he's really fast, mm-hmm. and you had Goldschmidt at the plate, and they were like, "Well, let's you know just have him steal." Worst case scenario, he gets thrown out. Yeah, but that would mean he's going to be that leadoff guy at second base instead of Goldschmidt, right? So that's some of the strategy that you know managers have to think about with that extra inning runner who's who's actually there because you want him to have some speed, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, it it promotes a little bit of the small ball, get him over to third. So you know, which is what they did, which right. is what the Cardinals did. They right. got him over to third. They 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 drove in the run. Right. They they small balled him in, but unfortunately for them, Baez crushed. I mean, absolutely tattooed a home run to center field. Um, which it would have only been one nothing if it wasn't for that guy over at second base, right? So yeah, whatever. I mean, I just don't think it's you know you talk about. Um, you know, just baseball purists, and there's just so many things are changing from the game. Um, as a matter of fact, don't forget. I don't know if you. I don't know if you uh, heard what happened with your boys when you're talking. When you talk about baseball, and you're talking about you know the game and the history of the game and the purists in the game. Yeah. Something came up with uh, your, you know, seventy-nine or eighty-year-old alcoholic manager that you got managing those guys over on the south side. You hear about this? I did actually. I read an article about how upset he was 
by uh, Mercedes. He was taking so the White Sox were up like ten to three, I think. And, and that was bigger than that. They were up fifteen to four. Okay, fifteen to four. And basically, the other team—I can't remember who they were playing against. Was it Kansas City? It doesn't matter. It okay. doesn't matter. Well, they decided to bring in a in an infielder or or a position, a position player, player to pitch. Yeah, and, absolutely. And what? Uh, soon as soon as our elderly uh, head coach went ahead and saw this, he realized he can see, he can see through his. Through his bear glasses, his bear goggles, <laughs> he can see that uh, Mercedes, which by the way is having an incredible year, he's hitting, having a great year. Yeah. He's, he's one of the he's he's and and he's and he's such a good story. That's the thing that I mean. I, I know you're 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 laying out the the, the yeah. table here, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, I think our listeners know what happened. But here's the thing. I mean, again, you're talking about purists and baseball and all that shit. He's old school. There's a lot of players that are. Yeah. MLB is going to be changing and adapting the game. Guess what? These kids are changing and adapting this game as Absolutely. well. And this old school mentality, I've never been a fan of this bullshit unwritten rule, you know, that you don't run up the score. There's certain ways not to do that, but this is not one of them. Okay? I'm sorry. I don't care if it's so, 15 to 4. This isn't, this isn't. Uh, Pop Warner, or, or rather, uh, Pee Wee Little League. Yeah, yeah. That's not what this is. It's Major League Baseball. Yeah, Pop, Pop Warner's football. I know that. I messed that up, but whatever. Yeah, Major League Baseball. So what are we supposed to do, okay? Are you supposed to just let them throw strikes, and, and if you strike out, you strike out? What kind yeah. of bullshit well, is that? Well, and the other argument can be said that, you know, why, why, if this is truly an important game, why are you using one of your real pitchers? Why are you just bringing in a positional oh, one be, to save arms and all that other stuff? Yeah, that's exactly so right. If they're uh, if they're willing to give up on the game, well, why, why don't we just call it? Why don't we just call it? Why why exactly. go through the the chances exactly. of injury? Exactly. Put so, in a mercy rule if that's what you if this unwritten rule shit put in a mercy rule correct. whatever. So at so basically what it boils down to for the fans that haven't seen the scenario. Okay. Okay. You know, he, he's basically throwing lobs, you know. It was like it would be like me and 47. Tim. 47. It was a 47-mile-an-hour lob. Yeah. It would be like me and Tim throwing th- throwing uh, the ball down to the catcher. Uh, probably a 47 sounds good. I think I can throw a little faster than 47, but nevertheless. So he takes a couple of hits. He fouls them off, actually. No, and- no, no, no. It was 3-0. Three, no, three oh. Was it? I the, thought he no, no. he swung at something. Nope. The count was three oh. This is this is actually why Larusa made such a stink about it. Now here's the thing: if he missed the sign, okay, mm-hmm. he made a mistake. You go after the game, say, "What are you 3-0. doing?" Three oh. That's right. What are you doing? You yep. missed the you missed the the take sign. Yep. Sorry, coach. I missed it. All right. Don't miss that shit again. I'm the coach. I tell you what to do. That's Fine. the end of that. Yeah, That's yeah, the end yeah. Of that. Okay. Let's say he ignored the take sign for whatever reason. Because he's Mercedes, because he's a 28-year-old rookie that fought his way through the minors to get up here, and he is having a dazzling year, and he said, eh, I'm going to go ahead and hit the ball. You take him aside, and you say, what the hell did you do? I gave you the stop sign. Sorry, coach, I wanted to do my own thing. Okay, guess what? Don't do that again. That's the end of that. But that idiot, that guy who is so out of touch, takes it Lurusa. and rails this guy, this player, his, his guy. His best media. hitting player, by the way. Sticks his head under the bus, mm-hmm. drives over it, which 
Larusa, you're getting the bus over you today because this is smack wagon time, my friend. I'm telling you that right now. There it is. There it is. For him to do that, he is so he is so out of touch, Ron, yeah. with with today's players. And you know, we had this bullshit with uh, uh, what's his name from San Diego, Fernando Tatis Jr. Right. Yeah. These kids are out there. Let them have fun. Let them play baseball. Now, here's the thing. Yeah, are you going to go stealing bases? No. You want to run station to station, knock yourself out. But if you don't have, if you can't put a pitcher out there and you're going to have a guy lobbing pitches in there because, like you said, you're going to save it and you're going to crank the home run, so be it. Yeah. It is what it is. And for LaRusa to come out. Now, here's the other thing I have a problem with LaRusa. And we're going to run, we're going to run, this guy's getting run over all fucking night. I'm telling you that right now. Okay. He I'm got, not going to have got, a lot of this because you're talking about my White Sox. I don't give a shit because here's the thing. Then he comes out, and the pitcher throws behind Mercedes, okay? And your coach, mm-hmm. your, your, your Hall of Fame manager comes out and says, I don't have a problem with that. Oh, okay, okay. So let me ask you this, Ron, in your line of work, all right? Let's just say a coworker was not pleased with your TPS reports, and decides to throw a stapler right past your head. And your boss goes, eh, I think that was handled pretty well. You did, would you think you'd have a problem with that? Well, it depends on when those TPS reports are due. I mean, so the coach, so Coach LaRusso was okay that they could have potentially injured one of his players who's having a monster year helping the White Sox be as successful as they are. Yeah. And he comes out, I'm sorry, he's out of touch. And CC Sabathia railed him. There's a lot of people that have railed him. And he put Mercedes under the bus. Guess what, Larusa? Your ass is under the bus. There it is. No, you're absolutely right. Listen, the the game has changed, and I don't think I don't think there's any disrespect for running up the score anymore. I don't. This isn't this isn't um, little league. There's a difference between running up the score and playing, just playing baseball. It's baseball. I get it. You know, yes, but I, but I'm just saying running up the score in a sense that w- what does it matter that their position player was pitching and he hits a home run, he teed off on it, mm-hmm. whatever. He okay. He had three three balls. What are you gonna? What do you tell your kids with three balls? Even growing up, you green light them. You say swing away. Right, what's the worst thing that's gonna happen? You're gonna get a strike. What do you do? Ball's not gonna be in place. Uh, you swing at something stupid. Whatever. You put it in play. Whatever. Now them going well. We were up by nine. But okay. So the next inning they score eight. Yeah. Yeah. And then what? Yeah. Oh, maybe you should have had them swing at it. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any disrespect to the team that's out there that they're not playing well and they're losing by nine and they they got a, there's a dominant pitcher on, on the mound. Just like there's no disrespect to the team that scores, I don't know, four, five, six runs, seven runs, eight runs, and your pitcher shows throws a, a no-no. Right? Yeah. Yeah, obviously the team is going to do whatever it can to to break up the no no. That's that's the whole point. But do you think that the team, if they they fail to it, there were six of them this year. 
You think any of those managers got on there and be like, you know what, listen, they were up by yeah. six or seven runs. Why didn't they let us get the hit? Yeah. Exactly. Why, why? I mean, that'd be the fair thing to do. That's right. Why would you? Why would you make these guys feel bad and, and hold them? Nobody wants to be hitless. I mean, it's, come on. Yeah. It's going to hurt their feelings. It's going to hurt their feelings. It's a crack so of shit is what it is. So at the end of the day, is Larusa Larusa's just a guy to fill in a space until the White Sox can figure it out. Here's the problem, dude. This team is ready. This team is these these they are exciting. They're young. They're they're playing well. But let's you can't derail that. But that he has. Momentum. I mean, think about this though. Now, white the Yankees have been playing some really good baseball as of late, right? Mm-hmm. But from that moment, unfortunately, that, so are the Rays, so they can't catch them. But absolutely, yeah. but from that moment when the White Sox were they were playing really well, from the moment he calls them out, White Sox have lost three in a row now. Yeah. Exactly right. And to have like your teammates coming out and supporting her, I think um uh who's your shortstop? Um oh, I can't remember who the hell his name is, but he he came out and supported his uh his guy. Um a few of the pitchers did. Yeah, some of them in baseball. This is a touchy situation because some of these guys, you know, are playing with some of these managers, you know, old school managers and all that yeah. stuff. There's a difference though. There is. And what he did was did not deserve the response that he got from his boss, yeah. Tim Anderson. Tim so, Anderson, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, it's just it's ridiculous. But you know what? You're seeing these young guys. These guys are going to be taking over this game, and you should allow them to take over this game because baseball. If you're worried about the length of the games, you need to start be worrying about the excitement that these kids yeah. bring to the game. Yeah, you know, and Fernando Tatis. Tatis Jr. And I'm not saying Mercedes is the next, you know, freaking exciting player, but he's having a great year. Yeah, he's Came hitting out of the box 347. On fire. Mm-hmm. He's hitting over 300. Yep. He's a he's a really, you know, he's got a character to him. Mm-hmm. Um, Tatis, the same thing. The bat flips are there. Mm-hmm. You know what? If you don't want to see something like that, then guess what? Don't give up 15 runs. Okay. Yep. Don't be offended if you if I score fifteen runs on you and and then I make it sixteen. Don't guess what, pitchers? Stop giving up fifteen runs. Then then you yeah. won't have to worry about that. Then you won't have to worry about your position player having to come in and throw a forty seven mile an hour lob for well, him to throw. I a always hit think over about fence. when um, when Rizzo came in to hit or pitch, or when Mark Grace came in to pitch. Remember? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Did anybody was trying to hit balls out of? On them too. Of course, they were trying to hit. Of course, they were. Yeah, of course, abso- they were. absolutely. Yeah, that's why you see position players that have you know career ERAs of fifty seven point two because you know guys hit off. Now, granted, Rizzo's the best position player <laughs> pitcher out there. I don't <laughs> think he's given up a run in a like couple innings or whatever. But and he has so much fun to it, man. See him out there, and you yeah. know what? If he's out there and Rizzo gives up a home run, he's still smiling. Yeah, he ain't gonna give a shit. He's just out there having fun being Correct. in the pitch. Probably hasn't done it since high school. But and, and hey, I think it you know it gives bragging rights for for those guys that hit that long ball yeah. off those guys. Going, yep. Well, your forty seven miles was not really that fast, was it? Now, but beyond the negativity that your uh, again drunken leader brought to the baseball this week, the it, the the um, standings are starting to balance back out. You know, yeah. I know there was some topsy turvy and some weird things going on out there. 
but Boston, Tampa, and New York starting to pull away in that American League East. You have the White Sox, which we all we said early on that they were going to do well this year, that they were yeah, ready to turn the corner. Yep. Made some great moves. And they've got some injuries that they're yep. they have to account for. Some major player injuries. Yeah. But they're still they're still they're putting still up hits. Yeah. Uh Houston's uh, coming back in the in the American League West, starting to make a you know, catching the A's. We came and, out of the box. And so early. is Texas. Texas was last week was in last place. Yeah. They won three in a row. Yeah. And they're they're certainly I mean it they're it also helps when the Mariners are are continue to slide. I mean, you remember they were in first place, I think, after yeah. you know, so and they're they're they continue to actually play the way we figured the Mariners were going to play. Um and then of course in the central you have the Cardinals as expected. Uh, with the Cubs right there, yeah, two games Cubs out. Are right behind him, mm-hmm. and then of course the pod, the Dodgers are on fire, right? Do- you remember the-, the big, all the problems they were having, they were yeah. struggling. They've won seven in a row, nine out of ten. You figure there they are, they're going to be back, taking over first place. Problem is, Padres have won nine in a row. <laughs> I mean, holy shit, that's going to be so fun, dude. That's going to be so fun to watch this year that battle in the West. Um, but I'll tell you what, this this actually brings me to. Uh, one more thing I want to talk about about baseball, and this is specific to the Chicago Cubs. We talked about this a little bit. Chris Bryant, free agent, end of the year. Javier yeah. Baez, free agent, end of the year. Anthony Rizzo, right? Talked about the core. Wilson Contreras, I think, only has one year left to control. Um, and we had talked. Cubs start getting into July. Yeah. And they're playing well. Because right now, Bryant is playing really well. His yeah. OPS, I think, is the highest it's been in his career, including mm-hmm. his MVP season. He's hitting over three hundred. He's got he's on pace for thirty five home runs, around hundred RBIs. Yeah. Right, so he's doing what he's supposed to be doing in a walk here. His trade value is never going to be any higher, and and this is a guy who can play just about anywhere on the field. He's played every position but second base and catcher. And granted, he hasn't pitched, but every other position he has played. Sure. You know, um, and here, what that does is that opens up the potential trade spots for him because you may be a team that needs a left fielder, and you think, well, that's not Chris Bryant. I need a third. Ba- He's a third baseman. No, he can play left field for you. Yeah. So that expands the pool of teams that mm-hmm. could potentially trade for him. What does that start doing? What's going on in our housing market right now? People are bidding, right? Yeah. So that gets teams to start raising the bidding on Chris Bryant. What do you do if you're the Cubs and you're you're in within five games of first place in that end of July? What do you do? You're the, you're the general manager of the Chicago Cubs, Ron. What do you do when you got Chris Bryant that you can either sign him, trade him, or just let it ride for the year and get nothing for him at the end of the year if he walks? I think I'm going to do a sign and trade. <laughs> no, no, no. I can't no, do both. No, that's no, no such. No, they don't do that in baseball. So. That is the ultimate question, right? That is the question that needs to be addressed come trade deadline. The biggest struggle that you were worried about. That beer. Go ahead. That that um, biggest struggle that you were worried about was the fact if if Bryant was in the position of playing well, and the Cubs were going to be a couple games out of first. Well, here they are right yeah. now. Yeah. Now, granted, we still have, what, another 100 games left. Yeah. Well, we still have we still but have, we have probably another what fifth two full months of uh, before the trading deadline, right? Yeah, we got to, trading deadline is the end of July, so you yeah. almost hope the Ricketts were doing this purposely so they can save some money in the front end and go long 
somehow, like add to the team because they could, right? Especially if the season opens, like with fans, to full stadium. Mm-hmm. I mean, that might be, you might go for the big push, right? You go for the big push, get you, get, get the team in the playoffs, possibly compete for the World Series and, and win the World Series, potentially. So you might have, you're definitely going to have to get another arm or two. You may have to trade somebody away still. Mm. Uh, the question is who? Do you really want to keep Bryant versus Baez versus Contreras? I mean, are you trading Contreras away? I mean, that is going to be the interesting question come that time. I don't know if I can make, I mean, I could make that call very easily. I'd trade them all away. Because I'm not a Cub fan and I don't care. I, I have no bite. Wow. I have no feeling to that. If that is really what, think about it, dude. The the Cubs could have picked up anybody they wanted on this on this offseason. They chose not to. Mm-hmm. They also said, "Oh yeah, and we're saving on we're 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 have no problem increasing our salary," but they haven't. And they have no problem signing. And can they? Can they afford what they have? Could. Can't I mean they could right? Um, of course they could. MLB has no cap. There's no cap, so they could. The Cubs have plenty of money. So, and it's gonna and that's the thing. Do you want to see the same you know four guys and then intertwine the middle to average players? That's, that's how you. That's how you build a dynasty, man. You you get that core, and I'm not saying these guys are you know necessarily a dynasty, but yeah. this is this is a this is a decent core. Now the problem is, yeah. What's the value? What is the value? Is Chris Bryant ten years three hundred million? Is he is he Bryce Harper ish type of numbers? Who was thirteen three thirty? I think two years ago. I think he he was well. And and that's the thing is you know the injuries when he's not injured. Chris Bryant is pretty damn good. Now you can say that about a lot of people, but you know he's he did he wasn't the number two pick overall simply for because you know they just picked him. He's a damn good baseball player. Yeah. I think that, you know, this may be a situation. Now, again, with, with Theo gone and Hoyer here, are they potentially going to, you know, reopen those negotiations? I don't know. Hard-pressed to think that they can pull that off. Um, which, you know what? I, I hope they are in contention because then they have to make that tough decision. Yeah. And if they trade them, they'll – I mean – you know what, Ron? There's so much negativity around it that there actually probably will be a lot of Cub fans will be happy, just be like, "Fine, he's gone, whatever." Let's hopefully well, we get some good come back, you know, good people back, whatever. Yeah. Where I just don't know if it's the right thing to do. I mean, you've invested a lot into that kid, so you have, and he's a nice kid. Yeah, he's, he's generally a nice he guy, he's just like Rizzo. A good guy. Yeah. So you have, you know, he's a fan favorite. He's a nice guy. I think he wants to continue to be a Cub. Yeah, I haven't seen him negatively. I mean, people have tried to provoke it out of him. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? You know, the Cubs aren't, you know, haven't given you a contract. I don't think he really cares. I mean, bottom line is when the season's over, if he's traded or not, he's going to get a deal. Right. He's getting paid somewhere. He's getting paid and he's going to get paid a lot of money. Right. And I don't know. I, I just don't know what the market, you know, what that market will be. Is it going to be? You know, short term, three years, ninety million, something like that, somewhere. Uh, maybe with a couple of option years, or is it going to be a legit eight year, two sixty, something like that? Who knows? I mean, there's there's going to be a team out there that'll that will probably go ahead and overpay him. Yeah. 
I just don't know if it'll be the Cubs. So, which is which is sad, but you know, I, we've been trying to get a you know since twenty sixteen, you've been trying to like see some consistency and see that that team continue to make playoffs year in and year out, and they do. Well, we they, have, yeah, they I mean, do, yeah. but they just haven't been all the way to the World Series. You no. know what I mean? No. And it, and it's tough to watch because you figure. They 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 tried it last year. They tried it by getting you know, or the year before they tried it by getting some really decent pitchers, mm-hmm. and they had decent pitchers. And now they're just you know they're like, well, let's just let's see how it goes. You and know? then we wait until you know one of those pitchers starts pitching well, like Darvish, and then we trade him. Which don't make you know what if we had Darvish on the team now? I think we'd still be two games out of behind the Cardinals right mm-hmm. now. That's a good so. question. I don't know. You don't know? Nope. What do you want from me? But anyway, Larissa can suck a bag of dicks because that guy, he's got to go. He's got to go. Hey, thank you. There you go. So, man, talk some NHL. We talk some MLB. Now we got to talk some PGA, baby. Lefty. Holy shnikes. Yeah. He tried to give it away, though. He tried. A little bit. He tried. I heard that song playing in the background. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Yeah, I didn't hear that song. Yeah, I did. So tell me about it. You were able to stay home today, watch a little bit of that, uh, that opportunity of a good old lefty, Phil Mickelson. Yeah, it was, it was good. I mean, he becomes the oldest in history, 50 years old, to win a major. Mm. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty damn impressive. Um, I think he was up by one over Kepka heading into this round, and uh, um, he had a great shot out of the sand on five to birdie. Oh yeah, I think you saw that par the, three. Yeah, yeah, par three. I saw the bird that one there. Uh, just late, just late. It just seemed it was interesting because he pulled. I think he pulled ahead. He was up by five. I think at one point late. Um, and then uh, just you know he held on. He had a couple. Of, he had a couple of bogeys. I think towards the end, but he came back and pretty consistent across the board. Ended up six under, two ahead of uh, Kepkin. I think uh, Ostusen, Ostusen, and Mivandenhusen's. I think uh, uh-huh. tried to make a game of it. Okay, uh, he missed an eagle putt that would have been that would have made it a little little bit more interesting. Um. But and I don't. You got to see the replay of the ending when he was walking back with the crowd. You yeah. remember a couple of years ago when Tiger won, uh, and you know the crowd yeah. was kind of yeah. you know the. And uh, same thing happened to Phil, which okay, fine, deservedly so. It's a very monumental moment. Yeah, somebody jumped on his back, dude, from the from the crowd. I I don't know if that was. They got to do something about that, in my opinion. I mean, I, I just, I. I mean, there it. was cops all around them, but they, but they couldn't they stop couldn't everybody. Freaking stop them, and I, I don't think you know. I don't think they realized how amazing that was going to be. Um, no, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I think hopefully they learned from that because that was it was. It seemed a lot closer and a lot more unruly than it was when it happened for Tiger. And I don't know if it's just because they weren't ready for it or they just didn't think that it would happen for Phil. But he had, like I said, somebody grabbed onto him. And um, hell, the crowd, the crowd got so kind of around Kepka that he couldn't even barely get his his shot in to get up onto the green. So, um, But Kepka, his, his, his real run, he, he uh, struggled, I think, between 7 and 13. He was 4 over. He had 4 bogeys. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that killed him. I mean, even though he birdied, I think, 15th and I think 16th uh, to get back to four under. Um, but he just struggled today. Very inconsistent. You know, this is a guy who had a couple of eagles, I think, on Friday or Saturday uh, to really get into the running. And uh, he just couldn't get anything going, stay consistent. Um, but, yeah, great job by Phil. Five or five zero, 50 years old, the oldest to win a major. And I think it's the first one he's won in like eight years. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, since 2013. Yeah. He's 50, but, man, does he look good? Well, yeah. No, no, I'm serious. Like, he's lost some weight. He's put on a little bit of tan. It's pretty impressive for playing outside all the time. Are you talking about the T-Dog? Oh, as a matter of fact, I wasn't. Oh, I did did just have six slices of pizza, so. I had five. Damn. So. Fat bastard. No, I mean, he's looking good. And I think in this day and age, you have to. You have to to compete with the younger kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had the longest drive on the, on the, in the tournament, three hundred and sixty-six yards. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that that was huge. That was huge. Yeah. And usually the guys that have the longest drive, like Dustin Johnson, missed the cut yep. second time. Yeah. It is you know it's not good for the you know the Dustin Johnsons in the world when you got Mickelson out driving them. That's pretty poor. If you ask me. If you ask me, but well, nobody's asking you. So there you go. But you know who is asking? Who's that? MGA, baby. The Mediocre Golf Association, which is the opposite of the PGA. That, totally opposite. Yeah, totally opposite. Was, I got to find that out firsthand today. Yes. Today was a good day for the T-Dog. Uh, uh, we booked a tee time up at, uh, well, I didn't book it. Eric, the president, Lamont. Snagged us a tea time. We had a Royal. I don't know why I keep drinking this. Maybe you need to get this beer out from in front of me. Yeah. It's going to make you drunker because it's not, it's not 6.6% anymore. It's probably like 10.2. <laughs> so uh, we got out to the uh, Royal uh, golf course. And uh, the nice thing is, is we were playing against Eric. And what we want, we, we actually were able to take a quick little um, clip from the play-by-play. Clip from the play-by-play, and uh, we were actually out on the course, and we were doing a little play-by-play on Eric. He doesn't know this yet. This is new to him, so we're going to go ahead and play that right now. We are live here at Arroyo Golf Course watching Eric Lamont, the El Presidente of the Las Vegas chapter, hit off the tee. Yeah, Ron, there's no question uh, he's good at golf, but he's not really good at picking out clothes. Red shirt and blue shorts. Looks like maybe he took the little bus to the golf course today, but we won't say too much about it. Nevertheless, it was a good hit, but still a 40-yard short, though, T-Dog, on that on that shot of his. It was short, I can tell you that. It was one of the funnest times uh, hanging out with you forgot the last short part bus. You forgot the last part of that. Oh, right? wait, wait. Let's, let's, get it, let's get it in there. Let me see if it... No, you missed it. I missed, missed it. it. You missed it. I missed it. What did you say? Where, 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 uh, no, I didn't say it. It was whoever the announcer is. And they said that, you know, he's swinging like my grandmother. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So you missed it. You missed your op there, but that's all right. I think he'll get the, he'll the get gist the, of it. He'll get the skinny. Well, bottom line is uh, March 15th, or excuse me, May 15th and 16th, 
Las Vegas MGA and North Dallas MGA mm-hmm. with Jeremy out there had their tournaments. Okay. And, uh, you know, Eric Lamont just wanted me to just put a little po- shout out. You know, he, he says, hey, we are the we are the Las Vegas MGA, the number one chapter in all the lands. The Las Vegas, right? The Las Vegas MGA. Yes. The number one chapter in all the lands. Second to nobody, especially a Texas chapter. I think he likes to call North Dallas chapter. Well, nevertheless, a little friendly, friendly rivalry going on there. A little friendly rivalry. So we'll talk Las Vegas MGA first. Uh, they did have a tournament Sunday, March 16th. It was a 730 shotgun start at the uh, Las Vegas MGA 2021. Uh, I have did you not, say March 16th? That seems I'm, cool. Excuse me, May 16th, okay. 2021. No, and I forgot to ask him where this tournament was held at. Probably at a golf ah, course. Ah, Highland That's Falls. That's be my guess. Good call. Good call. Highland Falls. So first off, big shout out to Matthew Graham, who shoots an 84. T-Dog, you would definitely not be in first place. No. And wins a solid $1.35. $1.35. That's big money right there. Justin Burns comes in second at 86, shooting an 86 with 90 cents. Jeremy Matson in third, tied with third. Anthony Carrillo. Ron Stoppable. That's not me. Uh, shoots an 89, gets 60 cents. Ray Gonzalez, he's a, one of those MGAers that we like to play with every once in a while. You have yet to play with. Maybe you will. I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, shot a 90. Mike Condor shoots a 90, tied for six. Robert Cook tied for six. We're only going to 10, guys, because you only get money up to, well, they give money all the way out to, I think, 14. Eric Lamont, the Presidente for the Las Vegas chapter, Shot a solid 91, no cheating. Yeah, I call bullshit. I saw him swinging today. There's no way. What was, what was this? What was this at an executive course? Par threes? <laughs> it was uh, all par threes. Shoots a 91, got 19 cents. Antonio Rodriguez follows in 13th place. And Patrick Petrie shoots a 92 for five cents. And then you go on Clint Clark, Cartwright, Nick Bird, Larry Rogers, David Martinez, blah, blah, blah. The winner from the previous. Uh, tournament eric colner ended up in 20th place shooting in 94 so he's you know he's putting in some good scores there there you go um but your most mediocre they didn't give one there's no one up there biggest meltdown though let's thank adam webb longest drive mike condor closest to the pin is john doob doobie the doob the doobmeister d-u-b-e doobie d-u-b-e yeah Gross award goes to Jeff Boggs and William Day, and key to the red tea goes to Anico Dormus. And if I'm mispronouncing your name, Too you bad. suck, man, because <laughs> you get the red key. All right, how bad was he, though? Because let's see where I would have been. Uh, 136. Okay. See, I'm bad, but I'm not 136. What would you shoot today? Well, I think you said 100 right? going in the last hole, and then I fell apart. Not 109. That'd be bad. 109. Yeah, I think it was. Remember? You had nine hundred. I, I think I, I saved a nine with a with a good okay. putt. I mean, so one oh nine would give you a solid. I had a five putt today, LV. Didn't I? You probably did, but I, I probably I, gave I you a four. A oh, thank you. I so one oh nine would have given you forty sixth place. Any money? What did you win? Thirteen cents. Uh, you get no cents. Oh, Jesus Christ! And uh, by the way, the Las Vegas chapter had fifty eight players. 
uh, out there enjoying that tournament. But then we have to go to North Dallas. The Well, before you go to North Dallas, I will say it was a lot of fun today out there playing with Eric. Good times. And uh, Kevin, I don't know Kevin's last name, but Kevin Williams, Kevin Williams, Kevin Williams, Eric Lamont. Yeah. Kev dog is what we like to call him. Kev dog. Yeah. Kev dog. So we had T dog and Kev dog. Huh? Yep. Nice. Kevin had some good shots out there as well. He, he, he did. Yes. Not as terrible. Not as terrible. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we all had some shitty shots. There's no question about it. Oh, we yeah. all had some great shots, but what are you going to do? So I know Jeremy for North Dallas is listening to this podcast and I'm pretty sure that he's going to be pretty pissed that, uh, that Eric's throwing his big, throwing some shade, some dude. dick on the table. He's throwing some shade. Yeah, there's some dick measuring going on right now. You know, you know. As far as Eric's going, he's just stirring the pot, baby. That's right, with his dick. And you know what? <laughs> just saying. Why did you? Why did you yeah. say that and look at me with your eyebrow up? That's really creepy. That's, that's how that, that is re- really creepy. That's the what he does. Fans, I'm getting a little nervous here, sitting in the office with LV. No, it's it's fun talking MGA because you know what? They're competitive. They're in different time zones, and uh, most players play like shit. Now, the interesting thing, though, let's talk about the North Dallas, the Bastards. Those Bastards. 2021 was Saturday, May 5th. It wasn't a shark, shotgun start. Come on, Jeremy. Shotgun start, dude. That's the only way to play golf, man. We don't have all day to wait for tea times and everyone to go off. Jeez. May explain why you only have 45 players that played in the tournament, Maybe. Even though you're supposed to be like close to the number one chapter in the league, who knows? But Patrick Wasson or Wasson? Wasoff. <laughs> Shoots an 85 for a dollar twenty-six. Greg Madrid, I believe he's also a chapter leader in at 85 for 84 cents. They probably had a putt off and somebody lost, obviously. Sean Norfolk shot an 88 for 67 cents. Ross G. In for 88 for 67 cents. Daniel Escamilla shoots a 90, solid 90 for 56 cents. Alex Schreier, 91 for 49 cents. Jeremy Ramey, and that could be... Is that the... That uh, could be him. Is that him? I don't know. He didn't give me his last name. Eric Viagra. Oh, no. Vagara. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Let me just uh, clean that up a little bit. 92. Then we got Tino Lopez, 92. Andy Pike in seventh for 92. Doug Turpin for 93 in all day. Patrick Atherton at 93. Chuck Bowers, 93. These people are winning nine cents, folks. Nine solid pennies. That's beautiful. Charles Charles Fry, 14th place, 94. Matt Neville, 94. Kevin Jordan, 94. Not to be mistaken from Michael Jordan. because Well, considering their names are different. Well, they both play golf. Uh, and then, of course, poor Scott Herb. Bottom line is he, he came in 17th place, shot a 95, and got nothing. Nothing. And then um, 45 players in, three people DQ'd, but the worst player, and we'll get to that in a second, winner, Patrick Watson, most mediocre, Eric Watson, biggest meltdown, Jeff Abishbrenner. Big yeah. meltdown, baby. Okay. Longest drive, Jeremy Ramey. Closest to the pin, Jeremy Ramey. What the fuck, Jeremy? Longest drive and closest to the pin, really? And this is the guy. This is probably the guy that runs. This is probably well, the we guy. Just got, we just got a live 
He just responded. We Did got he? a live recording of him responding to the bullshit that Eric was saying. So uh, let's play that real quick. Wow. Oh, Jeremy throwing it right back at Lamont. Woo. Jeez. The gross award goes to Jim Gets and Brandon O'Neill. Null. Whatever Jim wants, he gets, I guess. And then the key to the red tea, Stephen Boyett. Boyat. So this is the guy who gets a hit from the Reds the next tournament, right? Yes. Yeah, and But uh, he shot a shot. Hold on. So 41 players qualified. You in this tournament, which they've invited you, T-Dog. They've invited yes, you to play. I, I have to make my appearance. You would have been 30, 37th by yourself out of 41 that qualified. Okay, that's not bad. So you as, as almost. mediocre as I am, and that's not. I'm not the most. I'm not the mediocreist. <laughs> no, you're not red teaist. No. So one seventeen got you the red red key okay. in, in North Dallas. Well, that's what happens when you have two blow poles, one in the beginning and one at the end. It's no good, man. But hey, you know what? Fun golf out there again. MGA. They played at uh, Plantation Golf Club in Frisco, Texas. I don't know how far away that not is. Not far at all. Really? Not far at all. Have you ever played it? No, I have not. Okay. $70, though. A little pricey, though. Yeah, well, you know, the T-Dog will have to dig into the uh, pockets there. Yeah, well, you know, good. when you're winning tournaments and winning a dollar thirty-five, you got to just let that money pile up for the next, you know, next time. You, you, absolutely, you absolutely do. There you go. So... It's been a pleasure, guys. We're going to get out of here because we've got better things to do than to talk podcasts for the rest of the night. But you have been listening to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Visit our website at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you are listening to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Potatoes. Listening to this podcast doesn't make you any smarter than you already are. The Monday Morning Couch Potatoes podcast is for general information purposes only. Thanks for listening. A Royale with cheese? <laughs> <laughs>